0: Hello and welcome again. This is episode four and this next episode of the living off the grid in the city. I would like today to cover disadvantages of supporting the current energy system as it stands. In the last shows I have covered various reasons not to support the current system, to make a switch, to make an effort make a stand against the current system because it is highly inefficient it is harmful for health harmful for cultures other societies other countries it causes conflict it causes environmental upheaval environmental damage this show i would like to begin to wrap it up as i said and also by doing that cover two main points with the disadvantage of using this system and they deal with efficiency for the one part and two, decentralization of power production specifically electric power production they go hand in hand the two topics one because decentralization of power production in my view will bring about a dramatic increase in efficiency, energy efficiency and decentralization will take care of a repertoire of different problems such as greed and corruption that exists within the system right now. Like I said efficiency will be dramatically improved independence issues which bring about abuse neglect and the whole array of other issues including health and environment will begin to be sorted out with the widespread use of decentralized power production. First I'd like to begin with decentralization of power I believe I vaguely defined the term in an earlier show but it is basically taking away power production electric power production task from a central position or monopolistic entity or organization taking that task away from a large all-encompassing company which are for the most part for profit and giving it to the people giving it to each household for their own production their own use. Why is this important? In addition to all of the reasons I have already given I believe this is important because by decentralizing power protection you become more and more efficient over time. The industry overall becomes more and more efficient by default. This is inherent in the system to my belief. Just like the computer industry benefited vastly from the widespread of the technology the the transformation from mega centers of computing which in the past were located mainly in universities when this technology was transferred to the masses via the personal computer for example it created what we now know as the information age which brought about the internet as we know the millions of applications Millions of software programs that have helped basically a revolution in our technology, the speed of our technology learning, etc. It has been dramatic and more or less incomprehensible the change that was brought about by the decentralization of computing. Likewise, I believe that decentralizing power, giving people the task and the power to produce their own electric energy, would bring about changes in efficiency changes in all other kinds of areas from innovation in the many sub-industries of energy just like wind, solar, geothermal, biomass and other still undiscovered technologies. I believe such transformation as to decentralizing the power to produce energy will bring about many many changes like I said very notably very importantly changes in innovation. Innovation would Fold perhaps hundreds of times. Why? Because you don't have just separate labs here and there as they now exist, testing new technologies, testing equipment, testing efficiencies. You would have the millions of homes that take power production into their hands. Each one of those homes would basically become, by default, a lab, test lab, test bed for all kinds of energy producing technologies. This would bring about a neck break speed increase in energy producing technologies and their innovation. This would speed up the rate of advancement in that area, in the energy producing area. It would be basically we cannot even begin to comprehend how much faster the industry would improve. That reason alone standing by itself is enough to instigate anyone that cares at all about human advancement is enough to instigate a change and to begin to try to decentralize power production. That benefit alone is just huge and so important that it would be hard to believe someone would be against the outcome of such change. Well, with the exception of those that benefit from the current system, which are few and far between people involved in power industry, the power companies, power generation in the traditional sense as it stands right now. But other than that everyone else would be on board if they only knew of the advantages that decentralizing power would bring about. Decentralizing power would mean educating, training, giving people tools to produce their own power. Right now they do not have it. Right now even information about producing their own power is taboo, is looked at as risky, looked at as highly expensive, highly inconvenient, and it's, in my eyes, very attacked. Like I said before, the industry, many industry representatives are paid on a regular manner to thwart any efforts to bring about change in the energy industry and to misinform about alternative energy technologies and prop up their own technologies. They're on old, outdated, problem-causing technologies. Another huge advantage of decentralizing power would be that such change would bring about not only innovation and advancing the technology, but also advance rapid, I'm talking increased dramatically, speed in the efficiency of the technology, of the many technologies that would spring up like I said, every home would be a test bed for new technology, thus their owners would continuously look for ways to improve it. Even if they come up with new technologies or old technologies, doesn't matter. It is in the interest of the user, the owner, to improve on its efficiency. Why? Because if they improve on their efficiency, the less costly it is. Which helps out their bottom line, helps themselves out. This is natural, this is a self-regulated, self-balancing system to where you're given the tools, you use the tools, and you look for ways and are given the tools to look for ways to improve it as you yourself benefit from the product of your technology. So for example, if someone has a battery system in their home and they depend on that battery system because that's basically all they have. Let's imagine for a moment, there is no traditional power company. You are on your own and generating your own power. In my eyes, battery technology today would be light years from where it is right now. But if someone had, let's say, as the current technology stands with batteries, someone had a battery system in their home, it would be in their interest to improve the performance of such a system. How would they go about improving such a system? Well, people would be given the tools. That would be one way they would be given the tools to attempt to approve the system. Education is one. Technologies to be able to attempt an improvement in the technology. Another. Incentives, as such as patents, without all the, the costs that patents and, and inventions bring nowadays, such as governmental or community programs for inventions and technologies to help those out, move along, to help them out with the cost where required. And another thing would be a public awareness of of the importance of improving technologies. This would improve or make a lot more people interested in improving their technologies, not only to help themselves, but to help other people, which is a huge reason for people to cause change not only to help themselves but to help others, the satisfaction that comes with it and the reward that comes with it because you might be able to in the current system for example sell your technology for other people that are interested as well in improving their own power production system. See when you have people owning and operating and producing their own power they attempt to improve it. As it stands today the only people interested in improving any kind of technology are the people that work directly for the power company which are also worried about the bottom line and profitability change and research and development is expensive is slow moving because there's not that much of a incentive for the power company to change it is expensive for a large sluggish and rusty corporation that has been sitting in place for decades and generations, Mm -hmm. it is hard for that corporation to want to cause dramatic change, rapid change, rapid advancement, because it is against their Mm -hmm. model, it is against their interests, it is against the structure where they operate. Mm -hmm. They operate under an economic for-profit structure and being so large and so sluggish, it is basically, Mm -hmm. and at the core, very inconvenient and highly, highly prohibitive to cause rapid change rapid improvements because there would be a lot of loss a lot of loss in their older technologies that they feel they need to get their profits from or their investment back from so change it's very slow moving in the current system decentralization of power production it is also important because guess what everyone doesn't depend on one company which is very logical and a logical structure it's a pyramid scheme that if the stone at the top of the pyramid crumbles the rest of the pyramid crumble just to put it figuratively at the top would be the power company and everyone else is at the bottom depending on the power company the power company was to for some reason fail which is not an impossibility i mean look at the meltdown in 2008 it affected the car manufacturing giants if it affected to the to the point of almost going bankrupt many of them what makes you think it would not affect a power company at a time of worse to get back to my point about economic downturn and power companies going bankrupt i mean it is not an impossibility many think is unlikely i disagree with it but it is absolutely not an impossibility for a power company which operates with funds to dry up to the point of not being able to operate and what happens then everyone's out of power perhaps no funds means no maintenance no maintenance means power lines transformers blow up power lines go down generators don't get serviced power goes out then what nobody's able to generate their own power everybody cannot and there is not a supply ready for people to just go out to the store and get themselves a generator and if everyone cranked up a generator at such time of an economic downturn which shuts down a power plant imagine what that would do to your neighborhood it would become a airport basically with aircraft running 24 7 that's how it would sound that's how loud it probably would get if everyone had a gas operated generator running all at once in your neighborhood and that's another reason why decentralization of power it's so important because people would not just think about a generator a gas generator as the only alternative for their power consumption people would think outside of the box people would think solar people would think lp which is a lot quieter than gas to generate power with people would think about natural gas people would think about wood and fire furnaces people would think about solar heat concentrators which is a different technology from photovoltaics heat concentrators are basically mirrors some of them curved some of them angled to heat up a certain fluid which in turn can be used to generate electricity or heat or both but people would basically start thinking outside of the box right now you go to the average household and you ask them what would be their primary means to generate power where there a long-term power outage and they would automatically answer a gas powered generator without question. Why? Because they're not given the tools. They have not been given the tools by their power companies, by their governments, by the media, by the publications. They have not been, over the years, given the tools to think outside of the box, to come up with ideas. What about wind? What about rain? What about, if you live in the coast, tidal forces, ocean waves? People in time they would probably start thinking outside of the box once the catastrophe, disaster, or crisis begins, or long after it begins, and that's a problem. We want to begin to think outside of the box and begin to think of solutions to problems that may occur before they materialize. That's called preventive thinking, preventive planning, preventive action. If we wait for crises, there would be so much suffering, unnecessary suffering, and it's just not worth it. People are much too happy to spend thousands of dollars, perhaps close to more than a hundred thousand, over their lifetime in cars, in restaurant food, in fashion. People spend fortunes on these things and they do not want to consider, for the most part, in most areas, options in innovation and energy production and a lot of other areas like food production, food maintenance, or food storage, long-term food storage, safety, catastrophe recovery, catastrophe prevention, survival technologies, such as for hurricanes, floods, tornadoes. Most people think those things are above their reach, above their, their interest, too far out to spend any time and effort and funds in, too remote to be pessimistic. But even being realistic, you have to consider that disaster may strike at any moment. Just recently I was just driving by in the highway going from one state to the next. And within seconds this large dark storm rolled through. Swirling clouds, low rapidly moving clouds just enveloping. It got dark and it got scary real fast within seconds. And The wind started picking up really fast, it started raining almost at an angle sideways that's how fast it was even though nothing came out of it conditions like that is what produce tornadoes produce flash floods produce conditions that bring about catastrophes it could happen in the blink of an eye most people think it's so far remote so far out some of them think that they're special for anything bad to happen to them but reality is it doesn't take much it just takes a mix of the right conditions which are all relatively abundant the conditions are abundant it just needs to be the right mixture and boom you're out of there strike out just like that it is not that remote folks it is not remote at all it is actually very likely that a major natural phenomenon will occur in your neighborhood very soon And this is not apocalypse type stuff that i'm talking about talk about your regular day-to-day sudden flash flood sudden Storm, hypercell, multi-cell, supercell, thunderstorm, something of the kind that will cause major catastrophe within minutes and they move rapidly. You will not have time to react unless you are in advance prepared. People don't like thinking about tornadoes, but they sure like thinking about the next model car they want to get with very little question about the bottom line on that new car. How much is that payment gonna be, that's all they're worried about, and how much can I put in every month towards that payment. But you try to sell them a $6,000 safe house, or a safe containment unit, in case of a tornado here in Tornado Alley in the US, this is within Tornado Alley, try to sell them a uh, containment unit that may one day save their life and those of their loved ones, and uh, it's a hard sell. It's an uphill battle to sell such a system to most folks out here which is a very disturbing and saddening situation. Just to get back to my main point about decentralization of power. Decentralization of power is important because it spreads out responsibility, spreads out the task to develop technologies, which is very, very costly and it's not worth keeping it in the hands of a few. If you spread it over millions, just imagine the speed of the improvement and the efficiency right now the system is wasteful inherently why? because there is very little incentive for it not to be wasteful it's just like fast food the meals keep getting bigger and bigger because the more they sell the bigger their profit margins soda cups keep getting bigger why? this is not a request by the average folk the average folk says nothing to the fast food company as far as what size soda cup they think that they should have. Those are introduced and slowly and surely accepted by most of them. The meals are getting larger, more expensive. Same thing with power consumption. Electronics appliances are not very noticeably improving in their efficiency. In my mind, they could be many times more efficient than they are today. But especially the high demand, high consumption items like washers, dryers, air conditioners, dishwashing units, water heaters, air conditioners, you name it. Air conditioners are the biggest power consumers. They have not improved much. They have high efficiency air conditioners. They have improved slightly, but their cost is very conducive of keeping a small amount of them in the market. And they're not conducive to companies trying to make them because the technologies, Are so much more that they don't sell as much or nearly as much as the low efficiency units and this is pushed on people people want efficiency but they don't want to pay for naturally they rather just like buying a new car nine out of ten people rather just pay the payments however much they're getting ripped and abused by the total amount or the, the lending bank or or dealership they don't pay much mind to the total price of that car, as long as their monthly payment is within their range, which is a situation he said, realization. But I digress, going back to the point of decentralization. Just to wrap it up, decentralization of power, production specifically, is important because it gets rid of the top to bottom pyramid scheme, which is very risky, especially in times of crises, economic, natural, environmental, you name it. Very, very risky. Just imagine if food production, which is very similar the way it is today, especially here in the Southeast United States. Food production is centralized. Imagine if there was a major catastrophe that knocked out basically food production capabilities of the major giant corporations, which by the way, could be economic. Very likely that when anything like that happens, it will be economic in nature to where production just halts food production that is even though the resources are there when there's no money no one gets paid nothing gets done food production stops then what that's what decentralization can prevent people have grow houses not in the sense that most people think of when the term is mentioned but grow houses of food they got their backyard looking like honduras out there the a little agricultural operation going, and they got all kinds of plants growing with fruits, vegetables, and the like. Take a walk, take a ride, and call in, email me, contact me, let me know how many people can you spot growing their own food, or at least a small percentage of their food, at least their vegetable, which is not hard to do, relatively. And this goes for even northern locations where greenhouses allow people to grow throughout the year even in the winter and hydroponic farming hydroponic agriculture I mean there's just no excuse unless you live like in a polar region in the Arctic circles or something and even then it's still a possibility decentralization of power production as it is in many other areas of production I just named food production but it can also apply to production of anything manufacturing clothing production production of education you name it if you give all those powers away to a centralized entity it's okay to give some some power to centralized entities but not absolute absolute power becomes absolutely corrupt that is just virtually a law so do not give in any sense power away to a central entity without you being able to at least fall back onto something else and survive and keep going. Not only survive, but keep going, keep improving. Surviving is not enough when it comes to being able to function and do the tasks that most people are expected to do, to be able to perform. Produce energy, produce food, produce goods. Take those back if you have given those away. However slowly and painstakingly it may be, begin to take those back. to take, as I advocate in this show, your power production capabilities away from the power company. I have mentioned many of the more important reasons to do so. Review those, research those. I will come up with some statistics on the claims I have provided tentatively. So take those in consideration, think about them, and most importantly, act on them. This has been Another presentation of living off the grid in the city. Hope to get you to tune in at a later occasion and you have yourself a great rest of your day.